Welcome to the Covenant Journey Podcast. We hope to inform, inspire, and encourage you to deepen your faith, knowledge, and love of our Lord Jesus as we explore the timeless treasures of the Bible. Join us now as we explore God's Word. On today's Covenant Journey Bible Podcast, we're going to be looking at Daniel chapter 6. This is the story of Daniel in the lion's den. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Covenant Journey. Whenever it seems dark and there seems to be no way out, remember this story and so many others in the Scripture when there is no way out, when everything seems to be impossible and the clouds are forming. God always has a way. And that's what this story in Daniel chapter 6 tells us and so many other stories. In chapter 6, Darius is now the head of the kingdom. And he has 120 satraps. These are different leaders, rulers throughout the kingdom. And over them, three high officials that are over the 120, of whom Daniel was one. So Daniel was one of those three He was very high up in the kingdom next to Darius over these 120 satraps, which are over other people underneath them, of course. So he was one of them. And these satraps would give account so that the king might suffer no loss. In other words, they would keep the king apprised. So the king, no doubt, would have meetings with Daniel and the two other high-ranking individuals to keep the pulse of the community, of the nation and to make sure he didn't suffer any loss. They had the king's best interest in their mind. So in this particular case, Daniel had distinguished himself above all of the other high officials and the satraps because, quote, he had an excellent spirit, the scripture says, in him. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. So the king had higher aspirations and ideas for Daniel. Some of those people who were high up, they were jealous of Daniel, and they were jealous of his wisdom and of his favor that he had gained with the king and the kings before him. Remember, Daniel had served in Babylon and then in Media Persia, and he had been well known to all of the high-ranking officials through the transition of these nations, and so they continued him in that high-ranking position. So in verse 4, the high officials and the satraps, they conspired. They sought to find a ground for a complaint against Daniel with regards to the kingdom. But they could find no ground for a complaint or fault because he was faithful. There was no error or fault that would be found in him. He was blameless. There was nothing that was frustrating for them to be able to point to that Daniel should be punished, removed, that his standing in the king should ultimately be lessened. And then they had an idea. Verse 5, the men said, We shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. Verse 6, Then these high officials and satraps came by agreement to the king and said to him, O king, Darius, live forever. All the high officials of the kingdom The prefects and the satraps, the counselors and the governors are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the document 
so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Then King Darius signed the document and injunction. You remember the story of Esther. She was living under the Persian Empire. And the Persian Empire at the time of Daniel also continued with that same custom. Once the king puts the signet ring onto a particular edict, a law, a decree, that is set in stone and it can never be changed. And you remember that there was a day in Esther where she and the Jews were all going to die, and the king was persuaded by Haman to ultimately eliminate the Jews. Now these deceitful people in Daniel did the same thing to Darius, the king of the uh, Media and Persian Empire, the Medes and the Persians. And that is still the same. Once they get him to put his signet ring on that particular decree, the official seal of the king, it's done. That's how we're going to ultimately trap Daniel. So they convince the king. They think that everybody is in agreement, but obviously Daniel wasn't consulted. Daniel didn't know about the meeting. The king, no doubt, was given false information, and he thought it was a good idea. And he also then puts his signature, his signet ring, as a seal on that document that they no doubt brought to him. And that is, nobody can worship any other god except you, O king, for at least 30 days. Verse 10, Daniel heard about it. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day, and he prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. Now that is an amazing statement. Daniel first, before trouble came, he had a custom, he had a practice. He had been studying the Word of God. He had been praying to God on a regular basis. He had been involved in worshiping God, even though he's living in a foreign, pagan-controlled land. And three times a day, he goes up to his room, his house. He has a window. He opens it up. It's pointing towards Jerusalem, and he's praying toward Jerusalem. You'll see also in Daniel later, where Daniel has a vision in chapter 8. He doesn't know what it means in chapter 9. He's studying the scriptures, particularly the book of Jeremiah. So he's reading from the prophet of Jeremiah, and he's reading about Jerusalem. His mind was on his homeland, and he was praying toward Jerusalem. Now, obviously, when he prays towards Jerusalem with the window open, he could be seen, and likely they could hear him because he likely was speaking out loud, may not have been shouting, but he was speaking in a way that people could see and or hear what he was doing. Now, Daniel did this before this decree. And after he learned about the document, well, he went up to the room and he did what he had done previously. He didn't change his behavior, but he didn't stop his behavior. He continued. So he was prepared 
although no one can be fully prepared for what Daniel was getting ready to face, and certainly he did not know it. He knew what the decree said, that he'd be thrown to the lions. Now, if you're thinking about that as a believer, you could compromise. God brought me, you could say, through all of this uh, tribulation and trials, and he's put me as a high official in Babylon. He saved my life when uh, the media, the Medes and the Persians uh, joined together, and they came together, and they conquered Babylon instead of ultimately wiping out all of the high-ranking officials in Babylon, which would seem like it would be more inevitable to eliminate those people who were loyal to Babylon and the king of Babylon that was the adversary of the conqueror, but instead God preserved him. Not only God preserved his life in this new kingdom, but he continued to be elevated and continued to gain favor with the various kings of this Persian empire, such that he was over all these satraps and was soon likely to be even more elevated up into the kingdom. So God put him there. You could reason God has a very special purpose for you, and certainly he did. You could reason that it's only 30 days and I can keep my window shut and I can go to my room. Nobody's going to know what's happening in my room. I just won't open my window. There's nothing to say that I should open my window. And I can just be more quiet in my prayer. And my prayer can always be toward God. And God knows my heart. Oh, it's so easy to be in a position here to compromise, because the consequences of Daniel continuing in his same pattern of worship and study and relationship with God, the consequences of that is death, elimination completely. And yet God elevated you to the point where now you're about ready to be one of the top leaders of all the leaders, and you already are, but even elevated higher in this kingdom, the most powerful kingdom on earth at the time. So it would be very, very easy to compromise, very easy to rationalize. And it's only 30 days, by the way. It's only 30 days. They said, it's only four weeks. What's the problem? Go undercover. Pray silently. Lower your voice. Close your window. And nobody will know. But God knows. He knows your heart. Very easy to compromise. Think about that in terms of your own life, how easy it is to compromise. I mean, goodness, if you were here, this is a life-and-death decision. And it's only a month. You can certainly do that. God's going to honor that, you could say. But Daniel would have nothing to do with it. Daniel was a person of incredible integrity. That integrity and that conviction only happens because of continual study, reading, and prayer to God. He knew whom he served. So Daniel continued to do what he always had done. And verse 11, Then these men came by agreement, and they found Daniel making petition and plea before his God. 
Then they came near and they said to the king concerning the injunction, O king, did you not sign an injunction that anyone who makes petition to any god or man within 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing stands fast according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be revoked. Then they said, and they told the king, Daniel, who was of the exiles from Judah, kind of a disparaging remark, pays no attention to you, O king, or the injunction you have signed, but makes petition three times a day. When the king heard about that, he was very distressed, and he set his mind on how he could deliver Daniel. But the more he labored over that, and he labored it through the night, and when the sun went down, he thought how he could rescue him. But as he's no doubt speaking with his counselors and his advisors, they say, you have no choice. You've issued this injunction. And they've told him, it is the law of the Medes and Persians that no injunction ordinance that the king established can be changed. So the king felt that his hands were tied, and he brought Daniel, and he cast him into the lion's den. He declared to Daniel, may your God, whom you serve continually, he knew that he served him continually, deliver you. He wasn't hiding his faith. It wasn't a surprise that Daniel was a believer in the Lord. So they put him in the lion's den, and a large stone was put before it, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring so that he knew nobody would open it and Daniel wouldn't escape. And he walked away thinking that he had sealed Daniel's fate. So the king spent the night fasting. He didn't want anybody to come and play him music or divert him, and he couldn't sleep all night. He was distressed over what had happened. Then at daybreak, the king comes to this lion's den early, and he runs there in haste, goes there quickly, comes to the den where he cried out, and he said, uh, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continuously been able to deliver you from the lions? And he's hoping he's going to hear a word from Daniel. Daniel says, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth, and they have not harmed me because I was found blameless before him and also before you, O king. I have done no harm. The king was exceedingly glad. He commanded that Daniel be brought up from the den, so Daniel was taken up from the den, and no harm was found on him because he had trusted in his God. And the king commanded that those men who maliciously accused him, those who conspired against him, those people now be placed in that same lion's den, and they were, and the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces and devoured them. It's an amazing story. Verse 28, the last verse of chapter 6. So this Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Cyrus is the one, you remember, who was the king under Ezra in Nehemiah who ultimately provided the resources to go back and rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and rebuild the city. You know, you may face difficult times. It doesn't matter what it is, personal, relation, health, 
financial. Could be things that we're facing in our nation, future of our nation, certainly needs God. Around the world. In Daniel's situation, just like in Esther's situation, because they were living under the same regime, once a decree was issued, there's no way to get around it. It's a done deal. It's going to happen. The only way for a resolution to happen like we see in Esther or Daniel is for God to do something that had never been done before, but to stop the mouth of a lion, to ultimately turn the fate of the Jews and Esther in the Persian Empire. And he did. And how that ultimately was prefaced is, obviously you have Esther fasting and praying with Mordecai. You have Daniel continuing his relationship, his study, his prayer to God, and God intervenes. With God, Jesus says, all things are possible. Jesus also says it in another way. There is nothing impossible with God. All things are possible. There is no such word in God's vocabulary as impossible. It just doesn't exist. That's only in our vocabulary. Remember, all things are possible with God. And this is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. Continue to press into Him and walk in a regular relationship with Him. Study the Word of God because the Word of God is powerful and the Word of God will not return void. It will accomplish its purpose. For more information, visit covenantjourney.org. You've been listening to the Covenant Journey Podcast. We hope that we have informed, inspired, and encouraged you to deepen your faith, knowledge, and love for our Lord Jesus as we've explored the Word of God. Visit covenantjourney.org where you can obtain additional notes and information to enhance your study of the Scriptures. The website again is covenantjourney.org. You can also email us at cj at covenantjourney.org. Share this podcast with your friends. Visit covenantjourney.org.